0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of American Liberty. Make sure that you follow us on Facebook at American Liberty Podcast, Instagram at American underscore Liberty underscore Podcast, or go to my Twitter page at Kev Warmhold. That's K E V W A R M H O L D. Once again, I'm Kevin Warmhold. I'm joined today by a very special guest. This is my first writer I ever had on the show. She is a best-selling author, and her new book is Believe. Evidence, the death process from shalom to hashtag me too. She's also a writer for PJ Media. I would like to introduce Megan Fox. Welcome to American Liberty.
1: Thanks for having me, Kevin.
0: I appreciate you coming on. This is some book. I mean, given everything that's been happening in these past two years of the Trump administration, I think uh, you've seen a change in the way uh, men are portrayed in today's day and age, I guess.
1: yeah it, it was a it was a real um what happened was um that brett kavanaugh was nominated for the supreme court and all hell broke loose and i had a real problem with the way that the media portrayed him and destroyed his reputation over nothing um and you know i over a 30-year allegation with no evidence uh no corroborating witnesses just hearsay from 30 years ago some girl said he tugged on her bathing suit or something and they made this capital case out of it and dragged a man through the mud and then women came out lying and saying that they had been he was witness to gang rape trains that he facilitated and just crazy stuff and and then those morphed into well he was at the party and he was holding solo cups. So that's basically the same thing as gang rape or something. I mean, it was so bad. And the media never questioned these women. They never did. And the Democrat talking point with the Me Too movement was believe women, we must believe women. Well, that always made me feel very uncomfortable because I am a journalist. I have been reporting the news for over a decade. And I can assure you that women uh, do very bad things all the time. And they lie and they cheat and they steal and they murder. Um, and there there is no shortage of stories about women who have done terrible things to hurt men. And so I knew that I had to write this book. And I could have made it a thousand-page book because there are so many examples throughout history. But I decided to have pity on my readers and keep it short. So it's only about 250 pages. But it has evidence from the beginning of time as recorded in the Bible to modern day uh, where we, I talk about you know all the different women throughout history and our news cycle and stories that have lied specifically to put men in prison wrongfully and I make the argument that we need to be, we need to rely on due process and not uh, just believing women.
0: And that's something I think that gets lost in today's day and age. There's so much media attention, there's so much social media out there that it gets lost, the facts. There's an investigation that gets conducted. Just because somebody's accused of something doesn't mean they're guilty right away. And right away, in a... Court of people's opinion, Kavanaugh was guilty. All they wanted to do was immediately remove him from a, as a choice, because Donald Trump picked him. It had nothing else to do with right the incident. Right, it was a political hit.
1: Yep, it sure was. And, you know, that it also made me very afraid. Um, I, I saw in Brett Kavanaugh, my future son, you know, my son, I saw my son, I have this little boy, he's four years old, he's the, he's the light of my life. And I saw him, you know, sitting up there one day, and these tactics being used against him terrified me, you know, just because he's uh, maybe because he'll be a conservative or he'll be, who knows, or just because he's white or whatever, the, the hated, the whatever, whoever the hated person is today, conservative white males, you know, um, he'll be a target like that. Or my husband could be a target like that for some vindictive woman he works with, you know, who could lie about him. And if we don't rely on due process and innocence until proven guilty, we will become what this nation was founded against. And that was, you know, back in uh, England, one of the main problems um, that our forefathers saw in the judicial system there was that uh, you had to prove your innocence when you were accused of something. You weren't innocent until proven guilty. It was the other way around. Well, they saw that as fundamentally flawed and unfair, which is why our justice system is different. Um, You know, England has changed since then and made some better, um, you know, legal, um, uh, ways forward through that. But in our system, we're innocent until proven guilty. And that is fundamental to freedom in a free society. And what I saw, so I wrote this article, it was called how to Christine Blazy forge proof your son. And it went really viral and it was basically just a bunch of tips for boys and for parents of boys going forward, how they should deal with being, with dating and going to college and, and it just had some practical tips. And among them, what were very traditional tips, don't be alone with a woman who isn't your wife. You know, that's the Mike Pence school of thought. Don't, uh, don't, you know, only double date. Don't be alone with a girl in your dorm room. Um, If you're going to take that leap and have sex outside of marriage, which you shouldn't do because it's just unsafe, but if you are, better make sure you get her on videotape consenting and perhaps even videotape the whole thing because she could come back later and say you raped her. Um, It's all The the world is fraught with all this danger now because uh, there's this tendency to just believe the accuser. And then on the other side of it, when it turns out that the accuser lied that woman never faces any jail time or or any kind of consequence uh, even if the man she she lied about did 6 years in a federal prison she will just get let off it's incredible my research that i did found time and time again that the perpetrators of these frauds never face a day in jail and if we don't if we don't give them a consequence. This will continue to get worse. Uh, so that article that I wrote, it went really viral and Tucker Carlson read it and loved it and had me on the show about it. And it was really funny because he said, "One of the, the, this was another reason why I had to write the book. He said to me, boy, I just really want to believe women. I think it's born into men. I think we just want to trust women. And I thought, boy, you poor sucker. Don't. Because I know women and, and believe me, you can't trust him as far as you can throw him most of the time. <laughs> so, so that's where the book came from. That's the, the you know, impetus for it. And uh, I hope that people read it and get some uh, good advice going forward to protect themselves and their loved ones from these nasty women.
0: Now, I, I just want to bring up two of the people that sat on the, uh, the Senate panel, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. They're both presidential candidates right now. Was that their opportunity that they saw they didn't care about the evidence, they didn't care what it was, just to make that noise that Donald (laughs) Trump's pick was wrong Mm -hmm. and here I am, I'm the savior of the Democratic Party. Was that the beginning of their campaign? (laughs) This Kavanaugh hearing
1: of course. I don't know if you noticed this, but there were so many times where the grandstanding during those hearings was just over the over the just off the charts, including Spartacus, Corey <laughs> yes, including Cory Booker, a.k.a. Spartacus, getting down off of his big high chair up there to bring Christine Ford a cup of coffee himself. Are you, are you serious? Like, you couldn't have sent an aide to do that. No, Senator Booker had to come down and hand her and just fuss over her. And boy, did they put on a show. You know, and the way they stormed out of the, uh, the hearing and um, they left early. I mean, it was just crazy.
0: I really feel like um, all the Hollywood people that always support uh, those candidates uh, in the uh, mainstream media must have given them some real good tips on acting because that was an amazing <laughs> performance. Um, I was I got to say, I was not uh, a, a big fan of um, the guy from uh, North Carolina. Uh, Lindsey Graham. I was not always a big fan of him up until that point.
1: When, yeah, Lindsey two Yes, be...
0: that changed the way I felt about Lindsey Graham. Just because I mean, it's just more just a moral thing. That man to me, and he's had a a long career as a judge already. He's been through several FBI investigations. Nobody's ever dug up anything until just now. All of a sudden, thirty years later, something just popped up. Seven,
1: seven FBI investigations. Seven. Can you imagine that the FBI who can find anything couldn't find this this supposed incident that occurred? I mean, her own witness, who she said was there, that she told all of this to, her best friend, says, I wasn't at that party. I don't know what she's talking about. I never met Brett Kavanaugh.
0: And whether you're not like Donald Trump or not, <laughs> that man's life was put through the ringer, you know, in front of the whole entire world.
1: Can you imagine you having to what? tell your 10 year old what gang rape is?
0: Right. I would have, you know, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I would have made it through that confirmation hearing. I probably would have quit. I mean, just the, the, the constant, I mean, I give him a lot of respect for sticking through it. And, you know, some people will disagree with me because some people still believe he's guilty. But once again, you need evidence. You need to build a case and have evidence to support the claim. And it was not I, I would have been
1: I would have been all on her side completely on her side if she had taken him to court. If she went to the police, filed a report, and decided to press charges and go to court or even sue him in civil court. You right. know, we have um, a, a way to go about these things. And if you're wronged by someone, uh, if someone attacks you or hurts you or harms you, it's always better to come forward right away. It's never a good idea to wait thirty years until all the evidence has gone cold. That's a terrible idea. Um but if she had gone after him the le- through the legal means, I would have had a lot more respect for her. Um as it is, just coming forward with allegations uh to the press and the media, to me that that right there stinks to high heaven and I don't believe a word you have to say. If you didn't go the proper channels, then I don't believe you and that's just that's just the, that's just too bad.
0: And uh, another ep- um Another way that the Democrats are trying to weaponize, um, basically government in general, is the IRS. Now, they're trying to utilize the IRS to go after Donald Trump. Because let's just be, let's just face it: the the entire Kavanaugh thing was all about Trump. The entire Russia probe, all about Trump. The entire, you know, now you have this IRS. They want the IRS to get the Department of Treasury to release his tax returns to see his where his money's been going. That, to me is weaponization of the irs that seems to be it's, the that's outrageous but
1: it's outrageous but that's not new at all i mean the irs was used during the obama administration to go after the tea party uh people and they were all audited on purpose right lowest learner correct she yep was the, Lois yep. learner so this is this is nothing new to them but here's the thing i don't understand about all the the hysteria over his tax records and that is that um he's been audited every single year so the irs has audited Donald Trump every year for, I think he said, for the past 30 years. I mean, he's been audited. Um, if he had any improprieties in his tax records, that would have been found out by Uncle Sam a long time ago, and he would have had to pay that. It's not like you get audited and they don't find inconsistencies and tax avoiding. Right. So I really, this whole thing, it's a tempest in a teapot There's nothing there. They could release all of his tax records, and they still wouldn't find anything. What they're trying to do is they want the tax records because they're so damn complicated. They can make anything look criminal.
0: Right, and that's the thing. Most people in government in general, anybody who supports campaigns for candidates, you could dig up any dirt on anybody you want if you want to really look that hard. I'm sure somebody made a mistake at some point, and they know it. I mean, it's just... It's just the way the world works. I'm sure somebody's had their taxes done. Just regular people, they have their taxes done all the time. They're not using these high-paid accountants. They're going to be mistakes. But to target him specifically for political reasons and using the IRS to get basically just make him look terrible before 2020. And listen, I don't like everything he does. I don't agree with everything he does. I'm not, a pro, I'm not saying I'm for or against. But to utilize government agencies to attack somebody for political reasons it's very dangerous territory, and at any time, it could be reversed. So we need to stop this now so it doesn't become a constant, you know, anytime you don't like your opponent, you could just weaponize parts of the government and go after and just smear the heck out of them.
1: This is why the deep state issue is so real and true and 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 problematic because it's been going on for so long. The deep bureaucracy, the unelected bureaucrats, you know, that make everybody's lives miserable by by enacting policies, not laws, you know. Rules and regulations don't have to be voted on in Congress. And those are the agencies that we call the deep state that are just infecting every part of American life. And it's so widespread and it's such a gigantic octopus, uh, that getting rid of it is going to be damn near impossible. So I, I don't envy the president. I, I give him my support because he's in a bad position. He just is. I mean, it's him against the world, you know, his own party hates him. Uh, you, just they, want, course-
0: you want him to be successful for him to yeah, fail. I do. For him to fail, whether you like him or not or support him or not, the country fails. If the president of the United States cannot do a good job and we're just hoping that he fails, <laughs> like how, how do you hope that your own country fails just because they're from a d- different political party? It, it just drives me nuts. That's why I'm not a big—I so don't agree with political parties I, in general just because it, it causes these problems, you know. or at least there should be third or fourth party options. For that reason. Well,
1: but- I, I definitely think that um, the argument can be made that if you truly believe the president of the United States is going to harm the country, then hoping he fails is the right thing to do. Um, and so I think that they truly believe he's out to harm the country, and that's why they want him to fail. That's how I felt about Obama. I'll tell you what, with his fundamental transformation of America, I hoped he, he would fail in that. Unfortunately, he didn't. He succeeded, and I think, to our detriment. Uh, I don't think that race relations are any better. They're far worse um, than I than I ever remember race right. relations being. Um, and, I, and he did that. Uh, also, the like you said, the weaponization of government agencies that was done under his watch. Um, so he he succeeded in transforming our government agencies into hostile agencies. Um, which is also another. thing. So in one sense, I, I can understand people who say they want Donald Trump to fail if they don't agree with his policies. And I think that's perfectly acceptable. If you don't agree with a, a person's policies, you want him to fail. Sure. But this idea of let's go after him no matter what it is, is crazy. I mean, yeah. it's just to go after him for going after him's sake. Give me a good argument why why you think this policy of his is so bad. They never talk about policy. They just talk about his personality. And that is not a reason to attack a person relentlessly like they do. His personality may not be one you like. But that does not mean he isn't a capable uh, person. He doesn't do decent a decent job. Um, I'm tired of hearing all about Donald Trump's personality. I'm sick of right.
0: it. Speaking of politicians with a little bit crazy personalities, Brian Sims, a Democrat from Philadelphia, you know who he is. He's is a member of the Pennsylvania General Assembly, and he's the first openly gay representative in Pennsylvania. What has he been doing to the citizens that have been outside of uh, Planned Parenthood protesting?
1: Oh, he's something else. So, I don't know week or two ago he puts this Periscope video up on Twitter of him and he's so proud of himself I love it when these people do this when they out themselves as being bigots you know and he puts this video up all proud of himself he says I'm out in front of South Philly's you know Planned Parenthood. It's the most protested Planned Parenthood in the city. He turns the camera around to show one lone woman, an elderly woman, praying on the on the sidewalk where she's legally allowed to be with a rosary, quietly standing there praying. So, it's the most protested facility, and there's one person there saying prayers. <laughs> so, he starts to berate this woman, and I mean, he is calling her names. He's calling her an old white lady and saying she's disgusting and um, getting the camera in her face, trying to find out her identity, asking her for her name. He uh, asked his supporters on Twitter to find out who she is and go protest on her front lawn. Now, we have to keep in mind that this man is an elected official. He's not an activist. Uh, he's not participating in a protest. He's just a He's an, a representative, and that means that he's supposed to represent everyone in his district, including people who don't agree with him on abortion and Planned Parenthood. Um, I wrote an article about it, suggesting that he perhaps broke the law and probably a bunch of um, regulations for uh, General Assembly in Pennsylvania for the way they behave in public. I couldn't find a list of you know their behavior codes, but I'm sure they have them, and I'm sure he broke some.
0: Yeah, you were um, actually you actually wrote um, in, the, in that article in, uh, that a code of conduct for PA legislators, Pennsylvania legislators, that prohibits people like Sims from attacking their constituents and filming them on public street while insulting and harassing them, that there should be a code of conduct. I mean, think about it. This guy's a representative of the people. Oh, there should be. I'm, sure there, I'm sure there
1: is one. How about when you
0: swear in, you used to actually swear exactly. an oath and protect the people of your district or That's protect, right. you know? Defend the constitution.
1: I think he also broke Pennsylvania's harassment laws because the harassment laws say that it is harassment to follow any person in public. And he did that. He followed her with a camera while verbally abusing her. I think that that's verbal assault and harassment. Um, and I think it's too bad she didn't go after him and call the police because I think the police might've agreed with her. Um, And at the very least told him to knock it off. Now, I had put in there the name of his uh, minority leader in the article for people to contact, to talk to. And I know I called his office, too, to try and get a statement about it. And, you know, to this day, as far as I know, no Democrats have made any statement about his horrific behavior. And no Democrats have suggested that Brian Sims be censured Formally on the floor, which I believe he should be, because it wasn't just that one lady. He also offered $100 apiece to um, his followers who could identify and dox two teenagers that were out praying yes. on a different day. This was a different day. He harassed a mother and two minor children who were praying in front of the clinic. Um, and, uh, I mean, I he offered a bribe, basically. I don't think that that's legal. And yet, of course, he's a Democrat, so he'll just get away with it.
0: It's unprofessional, mind you that. It's arrogant. And there used to be, uh, in certain, like the military and the police department, there's uh, like a catch-all called conduct unbecoming. That is conduct unbecoming a representative of who you represent. I mean, you're... Yes. You are in the General Assembly. You do not act or behave a certain way. There has
1: to be. And I wish someone would, would release it because it's probably a private document. It's probably not public. Maybe I should FOIA it because I bet it's in the handouts that they give the new assemblymen when they come. Um, and, you know, when the freshmen come for their orientation, I guarantee you they get like a list of conduct, conduct rules, things they aren't allowed to do, like accepting gifts and how to, you know, beha- the way to behave. I guarantee you he's broken several of those.
0: Right. And Planned Parenthood is technically, it's a private nonprofit organization, correct? So Yeah. Yeah. So why is he doing defense of a private organization when he's supposed to be representing government in all organizations within his district
1: it turns out that he's actually or he was at one time i'm not sure if he still does it but he worked at that clinic he was a sidewalk um what do they call him? where they put the vests on and they they uh, escort he was an escort where he escorted women into the building past the protesters um and they call him death scorts (laughs) Oh, and and uh, they just and so those people do have a history of being very combative with the protesters and you know I've had experiences with these protesters with um, at the clinics I've been to a few I have never seen protesters pro-life protesters be aggressive or hateful to any of the women the stories that he's telling about them yelling at women it's not true i have never seen that and if that were true are, are you telling me he wouldn't have pulled out his camera and caught them on film harassing women going into the clinic he couldn't because it wasn't happening he was just lying about it
0: and the way that he reaches his audience is through twitter facebook and that brings me into my next thing Because I think we could agree that there are a lot more conservative people that are punished on these social media platforms than non-conservative people. James Woods quit himself, said, you know what? You keep censoring my stuff, and this is supposed to be a platform that we're allowed to practice our First Amendment rights. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that private entities are exempt from the First Amendment?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I think yes, they are. But these social media companies have reached such a uh, a peak of popularity that they have they are not private companies anymore. They have become the public square. And once you have they are the way we communicate with one another just like the phone company used to be. You know, and the phone company cannot uh, discriminate against you based on your speech, okay? They can't withhold their services because you hold a specific political view. They are regulated by the government. They are they are bound within the law. They must provide service to everyone.
0: Right. Um, and regardless of what we're, we're talking about, they might right. not agree with.
1: Right. And, and I do believe that in the 21st century, our social media platforms like Facebook, uh, Twitter... They they are all um, they are all the public square now. They have become the new form of communication, and I think they should be regulated. And I think it should happen immediately. And I think that uh, our Congress ought to make uh, ought to act quickly and regulate them, just like we regulate uh, phone companies and we break up monopolies. Uh, Google, Amazon, uh, and Apple too big, too big. Break them up. I'm I'm completely for it I'm completely for and I'm never for for government regulation let me let me let me let me Uh tell you that I am NOT for government regulation I am NOT the person that's like bring in the government but you do have specific instances where I think we've we've given them plenty of chances to regulate themselves and to be transparent about what are the rules Brian Sims still has his Twitter account and he tried to dox minors He also and
0: and, and somebody who probably falls into the elderly category
1: and and he and he was using racist language. He was attacking her for her race, for her color. So if Twitter Twitter has suspended um, Paul Joseph Watson, I think, was kicked off of. Yeah. And, you know, what has he done? Honestly, I I don't think he said
0: anything close to that. No, he he has
1: never said anything close to that. So I think we've given them plenty of time to self-regulate and fix this problem. It isn't like this is the first time we've been. We've been talking about this for years. YouTube has been uh, censoring people for years. These companies are the way people communicate whether they like it or not, they have become a utility. These are things that a lot of people must use in order. I have to use social media for my job. If I were to get kicked off, uh, I wouldn't be able to um, put my articles out there for people to read and I wouldn't get paid. Right. Uh, And lots of people work like that. And I am a writer. I get paid to write but i can't make the money that i want to make if they're going to continually shut me down and censor me and take my posts down. You know, i I've, I've had the same thing happen to me when my book came out, my book Believe Evidence, when it came out in March, it was number 1 in its category when it first released. For the next 8 hours, Amazon took it down. They took down the link to my book so no one could get to it for 8 hours right at its launch as soon as it hit number one it disappeared I couldn't get an answer on that they they cut me off right at the knees as it was soaring it was going up 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 and as soon as it hits number one overall then amazon has to um they have to advertise it Right, and you get to a certain number, if you stay at number one in your category for a certain amount of time, then they will also suggest it to other readers, so they start to push your book out there. Well, somebody hit the kill switch just as, as, as it was going up, and I had, for eight hours, it was not in the search during my launch period, so that really hurt me. It really hurt the book, um, and it never recovered. And that's how it is. When you put out a book, you have a finite amount of time to get it to the top and to stay there for a little while. It takes a lot of work. And and so, you know, we have these big companies who are messing with people's livelihoods. You know, this is what I do for a living. And it's very upsetting to me. And I don't think it was an accident. They did not have a good explanation for it. Their explanation was, oops, algorithms, sorry.
0: Yeah, algorithm or the young snowflake sitting in the office that decided they didn't like what your book was about. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. Now,
0: now Facebook has bought WhatsApp and Instagram over the past couple of years, worth billions of dollars in the deal. There was a time when big companies would merge and the government would step in and say, "Uh uh-uh, this merger, you guys are going to be too big, there's going to be a monopoly in the industry. Mm -hmm. Social media is an industry. So why haven't they stepped in to stop these mergers like Facebook with WhatsApp and Instagram? Should they be forced to sell off?
1: I do think so. Yes, I say break them up. I think it's crazy that Mark Zuckerberg is in charge of all of our speech. You know, I was just in Philadelphia on this school trip with my daughter, we went to Independence Hall. And, you know, we went to the Constitution Center. And they, they give you these big, soaring, sweeping presentations on the liberties that we have, and all the wonders of the Constitution. And I had like an out of body experience where I'm sitting there in my seat, but kind of like floating above watching myself sit there. There hearing hearing about a country that i don't think exists anymore i don't think these rights and liberties exist anymore because half of us don't have them if mark zuckerberg says we can't right and that's unfortunate because we have now turned over liberty to like two or three people jeff bezos mark zuckerberg and whoever's in an apple now and i think that that's unfortunate now i think apple does a better job at staying neutral i will say that out of all of them i feel like apple does a better job although they've banned alex jones i don't agree with that i don't you know i don't care if you don't like alex jones or if you think he's dangerous or whatever we have always in america believed that dangerous speech is free speech and there, no matter who you are, you have a right to speak. And the only thing you're gonna that these people are doing by stomping down on speech, is making it more attractive to young people, especially. The minute you tell them, "Oh, don't listen to Soph, don't listen to Alex Jones, you're not allowed. He's dangerous." That they're gonna go listen to it. Right. They, Richard Spencer would never have been any kind of famous person. If the media hadn't lost their minds over him and created this big nonsense – I don't know if you've ever listened to Richard Spencer, but when they did that, I thought, I really need to know what this guy is about because I don't know what – I don't believe the media, so I need to listen to him. And all I heard was like a total nerdy, geeky guy with super bad ideas but who's not violent and not asking people to be violent but just has bad ideas – He's the most boring guy on earth, but they've made him so attractive that now people are going to listen to him and be like, oh, maybe, he, yeah, maybe he's he's got some good ideas. He doesn't. They're stupid, but whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, he's. I'm hey, not going to cut. Stupid
0: Stupid ideas are still free speech. You know. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Twitter has pretty much reached its potential, I think, numbers-wise, but they've done some. Issues kind of hiding the fact that they are losing in the in the social media world You wrote an article uh, about Twitter. Tell me a little bit about Twitter and what problems are they facing?
1: Yeah, that was interesting. So Twitter has now decided that they are not going to report their new users Anymore they used to give out I guess they were quarterly reports or something that showed how many people are signing up to Twitter Um, And it it appears that this new reporting they're doing is going to be much more difficult for people to see who's really still going, you know, going on to Twitter. And it looks like that people are leaving it, not coming on. And maybe the way they're reporting it is to try and hide the fact that they are no longer growing and that they're kind of like stagnating and possibly losing people. And that doesn't surprise me because with the constant you know, standing on people's necks on Twitter. I've been in Twitter jail at least six or seven times for <laughs> silly things. I mean, uh I, I got you know how James Woods got kicked off because he said hang them all? Um right. I said something very similar. I said, oh go hang to someone. And of course that doesn't mean go kill yourself. It's it's just an expression, right? But even if I had said go kill yourself, what does anyone really think that's a serious threat of violence? That's silly. That's silliness. And uh, people really need to calm down. And with the kinds of things I've seen Twitter allow, and then they don't allow certain things that are... They have pornography on Twitter. Oh, child pornography. They
0: have pornography on Twitter, and then they're going to censor people for saying things that uh, the left may not agree with.
1: Yeah, Periscope has a real problem, which is owned by Twitter, and that is that uh, they have... They don't seem to take down these channels that minors are have where these minor girls are like dancing around for real weirdos. Right. Um it, it's a real problem. Like they need and, to focus on their own stuff before they start shutting up everyone else.
0: I watched when the CEO of Twitter was on um Joe Rogan's podcast. And they from what he was saying, there's a very slim staff of full-time workers and they hire a lot of subcontract workers to work on the, you know, from home remotely to censor the stuff that's going on. So you don't even know who you're, who are the people who are censoring the, the platform. You don't know anything about them. It's not like an official job interview. They, they're temporary workers. They have a big part of their workforce is temporary workers, which is to me, if you're censoring people, you should have professional people working for you. But to save a buck, That's
1: what they do. Yeah, I mean, I heard this good idea the other day. Now, who said it? I'm going to forget who said it, so I'm not trying to not give them credit. It wasn't me. But someone the other day said, maybe we should have a social media court, you know, that (laughs) is. And I I would agree to this. I would think this is a great idea. Like a social
0: media police force.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was Scott Adams. I think he was doing a, a periscope where he was saying, you know, we need to. We've we've given them the chance to regulate this. They clearly can't do it. It's too much, or it's too hard, or they're too biased, or whatever. What we need is a third-party objective, like a court. We need social media court. So if you get kicked off for something and you think it was unfair, you can take them to like civil civil court, and you and the judge gets to see, uh, you know what see the whole record, and then the judge gets to decide. Was that uh, a real problem or are they be overzealous? And, you know, know, it's a different age. We're going to have to catch up to the social media age and our laws need to catch up. And I think uh, breaking up monopolies is a big deal. We need to get back on that. And we need to start regulating these companies as utilities and public uh, public utilities, because that's what they are. And we need to stop saying they're private companies because this is the way people communicate now. We used to communicate by, you know, ha- having rallies on the street and on the street corners, and that's not how people do it anymore.
0: Everything's but, done on a platform, so some sort of social media platform. Right. I mean, you don't even have to go to a boardroom to have a conference anymore. Twenty people could have a conference online. Right. And you have to leave your house, so the times have changed. But something that social media is good for is to pass important information. And you were live streaming in Albany, New York last week, I believe, right? It was yes. last week or it was. Yeah. Uh, Tell this me. week.
1: It was Tuesday, just Tuesday.
0: Tuesday. I'm sorry. Tell me yeah. a little bit about Albany, New York. Why were you there?
1: This is an incredible thing that's going on across the nation. And what you're hearing on the TV is a whole lot different than what's really happening. And so... Before anybody gets their backup, um, I'm going to be talking about vaccine choice laws. And everybody, a lot of times, as soon as you bring up vaccines, everybody goes, oh, God, not those awful anti-vaxxer people. Well, there is no such thing as an anti-vaxxer. Almost everyone who has a problem with Merck and uh, all these big pharmaceutical companies that are in bed with our government mandating their products to us, has at one time vaccinated um, or had or does vaccinate none of these people are like are anti-vaxxers but what's happening is across the country at the same time democrat legislatures in like six different states have put bills on the floor to remove the religious exemption for people who use a religious exemption to avoid vaccines Um, now a lot of people do not know and this is the this is true. It's everywhere. It's on the insert of the vaccines. It's on the information on Merck's website. The CDC has it on their website that most of these vaccines contain human diploid cells. These are cells that were created from aborted babies, and they, were, they used two lines that were done in the 1960s, um, but there's a new line that has just been done in China now using nine aborted fetuses, And these human diploid cells are in the vaccines, and they contain human DNA. Now, people have asked scientists and doctors, what happens when you inject free-floating DNA into into human beings? And their answer is, well, that would be bad. We wouldn't want to do that. Well, that's in our vaccines. And I don't know what kind of safety testing that they've done uh, to find out if, if injecting human DNA that is not your own, that connects to your DNA... I don't know if anybody's done these, these tests, but I don't think they have. I don't think there's been any safe, safety testing done. Um, and, the, and so the main problem is not that if not you believe either vaccines are good for you or they're bad for you. That's really not the issue. The issue is, do you think the government has the right to decide what medical procedures that you have or that you must give your children or they can deny them an education? Um, or deny them the ability to go out in public because that's what happened in Rockland County, New York. So in Albany, in New York, they're trying to pass a bill, uh, a, a Senate Bill 2994, and there's another one, and I'm going to blank on the number. It's an assembly bill right now. It actually passed through the Senate Health Committee to allow children... To be vaccinated for STDs with the Hep B or the uh, Gardasil shot without their parents' knowledge or consent, anyone under the age of 18, and we know that they want to give Gardasil to nine-year-olds. So they are now going to—they want to vaccinate your nine to 14-year-olds without your permission, without your knowledge. Probably doing it with the school nurse at school. And they've already passed that through the health committee, so uh, parents were there protesting that. And then the other bill was S-2994, which is to remove all religious exemptions from people who have a moral problem with injecting human diploid cells into their bodies. Um, I you think know, a
0: big call to this was the recent increase in measles, correct? Is that like yeah, what okay, kind of so set this whole thing on fire? Because I, I haven't heard anything it about these bills and until recently, the um, I think the measles outbreaks have given everybody, a, like everyone's getting scared and just the quick solution right. is to force people to vaccinate. You have to vaccinate and we don't care about your religion.
1: Right. And then here's the other thing that's interesting. So yes, New York is the center of the big outbreak this year. There are 800 and so cases in the country out of 330 million people. We have 800 cases of measles and 700 of them a little bit over 700 are in New York. It started when uh, someone traveled to Israel and came back with measles in the Orthodox community and spread it there, because many of them are not vaccinated. They believe in uh, being as organic as possible, eating you know good food, clean water. They don't do a whole lot of medical intervention, um, which is a person's right. You know, you you have the right to treat your body the way you want to treat it. You don't you don't have to to do what big Pharma says you must do and I'm sorry, but a, a company uh, these companies have people addicted to opioids. they've caused the opioid crisis in the world and they have the the nerve to tell us they know what's healthy and good for us you know you know Mer- and I
0: agree I, I want to agree with you on this. It is your body and who are they to tell you what you must put in your body But the other argument's going to be, you get the measles, you're going to risk me getting the measles, and now you're affecting my life. So where do we draw the line in that?
1: Well, do you know what the measles is like? The measles is like a week in bed with a rash, and you you have vitamin A and chicken soup, and you're fine. What they don't want anybody to know is that no one has died. In, in over a decade, no one has died in this country from measles, not one. So with this outbreak, that they're, tra- they're, pa- they're saying they're, they're having these major panics. The country is reeling from measles. Not one case has anyone died or had a complication. You know, measles is a very mild childhood disease. And even at its height in the 60s before the vaccine, it only killed 1 in 10,000 people who got it. And everybody was getting it. That is a very small number. Since the measles vaccine came out... There have been over 400 deaths since the vaccine and no deaths from measles. Wow. And, and then we have this thing called the VERS um, VERS court, which I don't think, and here's the main problem that, that people have with these vaccines and the, and the companies. Our government is taking huge amounts of money from pharmaceutical companies. They're outspending oil and gas two to one. And, so then they get their products mandated by government mandates somehow. And I don't think it takes too much, you know, digging to figure out why. They're giving millions of dollars to politicians. Politicians are sticking their vaccines on the mandated schedule. What What happened in 1989, I think it was ni- 1980 something, was that the vaccine companies came to the government complaining that We came out with this MMR vaccine and too many people are having reactions and suing us. And we're not going to make vaccines anymore if you don't make us take the liability away. And the government actually said yes to that. So they made the corporations.
0: Well, I'll tell you why they said yes. Big money.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, big money. And it, the yep. corporations now are, these corporations, Merck, Smith, Glaxo, Klein. all these different, all these big pharmace- pharmaceutical companies are not liable for any vaccine they make. Now, you tell me, if you are not, if you can't be sued, if you make a product that kills somebody or hurts somebody or injures somebody, how motivated are you to make sure they're safe?
0: They don't care as long as they get paid.
1: As long as they, they don't care, and, and we have found out that the testing, the safety testing that the Health and Human Services is supposed to get from them, they haven't gotten one. For thirty years, they haven't gotten any reporting. For thirty years, that was just found out in FOIA, that the, the pharmaceutical companies are supposed to be giving reports to Congress every, you know, every year. Not one has been done. In and I'll tell
0: system. you, I'll tell you another big number that'll make you sick: thirty-five billion dollars. Big Pharma, the big major four companies that produce vaccines have paid out $35 billion since 2009 for negligence, criminal negligence. Yep, they paid out $35 billion. That, to me, is insane. That is well,
1: and It no is regulation. insane. And are we, like, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was at, at the rally in Albany, and he had a great, he said something great. He said, are we to believe that Merck, that killed 100,000 people with Vioxx, through fraud and lies they knew it caused heart attacks they was proven in court it caused they knew it and they allowed a hundred thousand people to die are we to believe that they just found jesus with the vaccines but all the other products that they have you know are they're killing people left and right but the vaccines they're they're completely moral and upstanding citizens these are all convicted felons these people have been taken to court a bazillion times and they lose all the time for their other products. They have created a, a, a drug problem in America that is killing something like 50,000 people a year with their, I mean, it's crazy. And we're supposed to believe that they are pure as the driven snow with their vaccine testing. I don't think so. And even the CDC, now this is a great FOIA find. So Dell Tree with the high wire, He's one of my favorite journalists. Um, he's really great at finding stuff through FOIA. He got a uh, the MMR testing through the CDC. It was a CDC report. He had to fight them for quite a while, through, and he got it through FOIA. And he went over the reports with do- with other scientists, with doctors, to make sure they were reading it properly. And sure enough, in their own reporting, 50% of the tested children in this, uh, on the MMR vaccine, 50% of them got gastrointestinal disorders. And those are chronic. Um, Another like 27% got asthma related disorders after taking the MMR vaccine within 40 days. Um, There's another study that he was talking about today that they found uh, with the, was it? No, the new MMR, there's a new MMR coming out um, and they tested it against the old MMR. And in relation, so they they test all the, um, uh, uh, what they call vaccine adverse events. So VAE, vaccine adverse events. That would be like the minor ones that are like um, high fever, sometimes high-pitched screaming, that sort of thing where that requires, where, where people, where parents get uh, concerned, redness and swelling, that sort of thing. A thousand kids in this study or 70% had that type of reaction, 70%. The, the extreme reactions that required an emergency room visit was like 27%. So seizures, you're talking about seizures, and th- these studies are not released to the public. These are studies that you have to go in and get FOIAs for and Freedom of Inf- Information Act, but we can't get anybody in the media to report these numbers. If you were told that you had a 50% chance of getting a gastrointestinal disorder if you take this MMR vaccine, are you going to take it?
0: No. <laughs> I'm not. You know, what's, you know what scares me is that everything that you're saying is... It scares the crap out of me because you think the people that get elected are there to represent you. That's why you elect people to government, to be your voice, to make sure that your freedoms are not infringed upon. And then they are at the mercy and control of the big pharma companies and these big Amazon, you know, all these huge companies that control all the money. And it's very scary. It's unbelievable. The things that you're telling me, I'm just like. Whoa!
1: I got three young kids. kids.
0: I don't want to get anybody, you know. But I
1: know when we were kids, we had like twelve shots total for your whole, you know, childhood schedule. Today, it is seventy-two mandated vaccines before the age of. I want to say by the age of four, you've got seventy-two. There are get this two hundred and fifty new vaccines coming down the pipeline from the pharmaceutical companies and why wouldn't they they have no liability they cannot be sued if they hurt you the VARES, I I didn't mention VARES court VARES court it's a um, vaccine court set up by the government when they took the liability away from the corporations they knew they were going to have to have a vaccine injury court because so many people are injured by vaccines vaccine injury is a real thing there are attorneys right now working on their patients' cases through this vaccine court in Washington, D.C. It's almost a secret court because nobody knows about it unless you go and look it up. But You, you just can informed find me it. right now. <laughs> you can go find it on the CDC website. It's right there, cdc.gov. There's, look it up, V-A-E-R-S. This court, since its inception in, in the 80s, has paid out $4 billion to the victims of vaccine injury. Four billion. But the scary part is, I just heard in Minnesota, thank God, some legislators in Minnesota are trying to repeal that Supreme Court decision that took the liability away from the pharmaceutical companies. They are actually putting through a resolution in in Ms., what did I just say Minnesota? Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota they're putting through a resolution. They're trying to, anyway, to say that we want Congress of the United States to re- look into um, repealing that decision that took the liability away. Because what's happening in various court is it's not funded. They are not getting seen. Sometimes it's taking three to four years for these things to go through, um, the court system and they're not getting paid generously, which is the way there's a cap of $250,000, which is doesn't even pay for the, the, we're talking about kids who are, um, and adults who are now dependent on medical, um, intervention for the rest of their lives. $250,000 doesn't go anywhere near far enough. Um, and so, they're asking Congress to remove the liability so that if the vaccine court is not uh, is not timely enough, then those people can withdraw their claim and go and sue Merck and go and get their damages from Merck. And they should be able to. Have you ever heard of any corporation that is, that is protected from liability? What about car seat makers? And, um, you know, if your kid gets hurt in a car seat, you better believe you can go sue Graco or whoever made it.
0: Hold on, I got one for you. How about Cory Booker who's on this campaign trail saying that people should have the right to sue gun companies when somebody gets killed by a (laughs) firearm, even though the person is the one doing the killing. So if that's okay, how is it that you're not allowed to sue? I mean, we have an opioid crisis that is like nothing in in the history of this country and it's doctors that are issuing these prescriptions and there's a lot of doctors that have these deals with these big pharma companies to keep pushing these drugs and there's no accountability for it. So where None. do you draw the line? How do you get the information? Like, Because I have kids and my friends have kids. Where do you get this information to know that you're making the right decision for your family?
1: I would you... highly recommend that you watch The High Wire um, with Del Bigtree. He is doing the greatest journalist journalistic work on this issue I've ever seen. Um, and he's on Facebook. And, unt- I mean, he may be taken off Facebook very soon. Um, but look him up. It's called The High Wire. He has a great weekly show that's very in-depth. He talks to people all over the world. Today, just today, he had a doctor from Chicago who also had lived in Israel for a while, and she was telling him about the – there's a current – a problem in Israel with the Hep B shot. It injured 8,000 children. See, we don't get this news in America. This is Israeli news, okay? So you have to look across the world, too, what's happening in in different countries. And Merck and smith Glaxo, Klein, and all these big pharmaceuticals are in the middle of lawsuits all over the country for these vaccines. And yet our lawmakers want to mandate that we put them in our bodies. Did you know that Monsanto just lost a case? against for their roundup giving two people cancer they lost two billion dollars they were found guilty in court to have lied and committed fraud and there's glyphosate in the uh, roundup right well guess what else has glyphosate in it vaccines oh boy oh yeah well there, so, my
0: um there was a, a recent drug that was pulled off for uh, uh blood pressure it was giving people cancer how long did they know that before they decided to pull it off the shelves?
1: Oh, it's, well, here's the worst part. That VAERS court, the vaccine court, they are not allowed to do discovery with the companies where they would find that information out. Because um, the company, uh, the company's not on trial. So I heard a trial attorney who was who stood up at that Minnesota conference to say, here's why we need to do this. And his main complaint was, listen, I could... Find out how it when they knew it and how long they knew it, but I'm not allowed to do discovery. These companies need to be held accountable and there is no accountability, no oversight, nobody's looking into them. And if you think that Merck suddenly grew a conscience and is, is really cares about your kid. You know, you're out of your mind because those people are some of the worst people on earth. They are, they've are they been killing people wantonly with their products for years. Vioxx killed so many people and oxycodone is ruining the lives of, of you know Americans everywhere. All of these um, uh, pain medications that they said weren't addicting. Did you know they went to the FDA to get approval for children for oxycodone and uh. the FDA approved it?
0: They they want you they want you to be it's amazing they want you to be dependent because then you're gonna continuously fill the pocket just like government wants people dependent on them so they could continuously fill their pocket it all falls down to control and money and I, I I'm gonna make a suggestion to you Megan because you seem to know this should be your next book <laughs> I know Maybe. you. I'm telling you, you got, you got, uh, if you follow the trail, uh, the cookie crumbs, uh, you could probably, it sounds like that there's a lot to be exposed. And
1: there is a lot to be exposed. And it's really sad. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., if anybody had told me 10 years ago that he would be my hero today, um, I would be like, what? That's crazy. But I'll tell you what, this man has stood up against some of the biggest, nastiest, most powerful companies on earth. And including his standing up against his own family who are out there calling him crazy. And his own party.
0: And his own party. He said, Mm -hmm. I don't know what is going on with the Democratic Party. It's not the same party. that." And he talked about Adam Schiff. He asked Adam Schiff, what's going on? How are you supporting these companies? How are you taking their money?
1: Yeah. How do you do that? How do you, at the the expense of the safety of people, listen, they always talk about, every time you hear a story on the news about vaccines, I guarantee you, listen for this phrase, you're going to hear it. Vaccines are safe and effective. Vaccines are safe and effective. Vaccines are safe and effective. They use it over and over again. Well, guess what? There has never been the kind of safety study done on any vaccine that the FDA requires on every other drug. And that is a double blind placebo study, a real placebo. You know what kind of safety studies they do on vaccines? They give the vaccine to one group and to the control group, they give them uh, just the adjuvants, which is aluminum. Well, it's the aluminum in the vaccines that everyone is saying is causing the problem. So if you're not doing a true like saline injection placebo, you're gonna get the same reactions on both groups. Right. That's how they're they're it's fudging intended. their studies. And of that course, sounds, it's that intended. sounds like
0: it's intended because if you watch commercials for anything like Chantix, you know they have to disclose what the problems are. So <laughs> maybe, leakage. huh?
1: It's always anal leakage that always anything.
0: Sense. Yeah, they, you know. <laughs> Because suicidal thoughts. And, you know, Suic- it's like, wow, I don't yeah. want to quit smoking. I think I'll just smoke till I get lung cancer. This sounds right. horrible, you know? This sounds horrible. <laughs> you know, screw this. But uh, I think about it. Like, so maybe that there should be legislation to force these companies to put out what the effects are.
1: Oh, yes. So that's what that Minnesota, um, uh, uh, resolution is trying to do also is trying to say that doctors must give the the benefits and risks to their patients right now what doctors give you um is this little is this um sanitized sheet of paper that says the only side effects you should be looking for are redness and swelling and a fever
0: right. i've seen that exactly, all my, they I, say. my kids have gotten shots and i'm looking at it, it's like i would like to get something before the shot comes not like not, hey yet, right. guess what today he's getting two shots And I don't get any information prior. Well, the information
1: you need to ask your doctor for the insert of the vaccine that comes with it, because there's a it's a like if you stood up and opened it all up, it's about as tall as you are, (laughs) and if you read through there, if you go to the part where it's um, listed side effects, it's you won't believe it: paralysis, death, blindness, um, uh, encephalopathy, brain disorders. uh, It's incredible. Okay, but we're not they when we say it, when we say, hey, your product says it can do this, they all say they're lying. Vaccines are safe and effective. Vaccines are safe and effective. Wow. (laughs) Efficacy rates is another thing that's a problem because we just had a ship of Navy Navy men contract the mumps and they were 100 percent vaccinated. I myself got the mumps from the MMR when I was 16. The efficacy rates of these things are very low the measles has a higher efficacy rate than the mumps does and also rubella rubella and and mumps are the efficacy rates are very low and in order to keep the immunity you must get multiple shots well if you got the measles kevin you if you just went got the rash and the fever for a week like our parents did you would have lifetime immunity and protection from some cancers because that's what happens when you get the measles your immune system becomes much stronger and better, and you have it for life. You know you what don't else
0: scares have- me? The, you know what else scares me? The military. I was in the military. I was in the Marines.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: shot you up with everything. I don't even know what they gave me. I got mm-hmm. smallpox, I, you know, the smallpox, po- you know, i had it all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anthrax, yeah. It's amazing. Like, you don't really know, and uh, you have no choice either. You just take it, you know, so... This is an eye opener for me. The vaccines is a big deal. And uh, I'm glad to see that you were down in Albany getting the information and you were live streaming. I watched some of the uh, Kennedy Jr.'s speech and it was it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry I ran out of batteries. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was such an amazing day. And then we went and we lobbied the lawmakers there to show up in force. And there were at least, I don't know, like 1,000 to 1,100 people there. CBS kept saying there were 250 of us. I'm like, 250? i <laughs> Then no, there were at least 1100 people and they all this was not organized. We a couple of groups of parents that I know online decided, hey, let's drive to Albany. A couple of some of them got a bus. I drove myself. um, And then we were not expecting we probably had a group of maybe 50 women. We were not expecting the hordes of people that showed up. And when we went into lobby, you couldn't get into we had all these set up meetings, you couldn't go into a meeting without Seeing 20 other people there you'd never saw before who were there for the same reason. It was overwhelming. It was amazing. And it was great to see people standing up and saying, hey, listen, what happened to my body, my choice? You know, you cannot force me to put this stuff in my body, especially when you don't care about safety testing. You've never made these companies liable for their products. You don't you don't even check their safety studies. They haven't given you one in 30 years. You know, how dare you? Tell us well, that think, they're safe and effective.
0: Think, think about this, though. Most people would get mad at what you just said. And I, and I agree with you. But here's the thing. The information doesn't get to everybody. Like what we just discussed, I really hope people listen and, and, and really research. I'm going to be researching once we're done here. The information, most people just think that the vaccines, like you said, are safe and, you know, are what are needed. So they don't have that information. How, how do we get that information to them?
1: You know, it's hard to get to because, you know, you, you don't want, I obviously don't, you don't believe everything you read online, of course, Right. but just go to the CDC website, like start there, go to right. where, what your government is telling you. Because if you go and look at the measles history on the CDC website, you will see that we have never eradicated measles. That's a lie. It comes and goes in about three year cycles. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down and measles exists. You know you, we don't have the right to live in a germ-free society. And if you, if people need to stop being scared of a disease that's like chickenpox. You know chicken we were never scared of chickenpox. We were having chickenpox parties because once it. you got it, you'll never get it again. Well measles is no more uh um what's the word no scarier than chickenpox. You know there are there are some people who can get um Side effects of chickenpox, too, where they can have, like, especially if they have other medical problems. But here in the first world where we have good medical care and clean water and and decent, you know, hospitals.
0: Not if you listen to the Democrats. They say we have (laughs) the worst health care in the world.
1: (laughs) Well, that's not true at all. And although we do have the worst health in the world, like we're our kids are the sickest. They're the sickest. In the world, our kids are so sick. They're sicker now than they have ever been. Chronic disease is at an all-time high. I think it's the food... I think it's the glyphosate and the vaccines all rolled into one. It's environmental. Something is doing this to them. And we need to be strong enough to stand up and say, we want to know why. You do the study, do the work. You know what we've been asking them to do for years? We've been asking the CDC to do a study, vaxxed and unvaxxed. I want to know, what are the chronic conditions that vaxxed children have and the chronic conditions that the unvaxxed children have? Because... Independent studies that have been done with smaller numbers of kids have shown that the vaxxed kids are four times as likely to have autism. They're way more likely to have autoimmune disorders and and gastrointestinal disorders. So don't rely on our independent testing. I want the government to do a big testing of vaxxed versus unvaxxed. Why is that such a controversial thing? Don't we want to know who's healthier? If they're telling you that vaccines make you healthy, then they need to prove it.
0: I would agree with you, except for one part. You want the government to do the study. The problem from everything that I heard is it (laughs) feels like the government's in bed with these companies. I think the results will be played with. I I think it should be an outside, independent, no connection to any pharmaceutical companies. They won't
1: agree to that. They always say um, that that's that's not approved. Right. Right. So, because we have the studies to show that that un-vaxed children are healthier than vaxxed children, so we have those studies. They were done independently in in different countries. Japan, by the way, very interesting. In Japan, they do not have the same kind of vaccine schedule we do, and they have way healthier children than we do. They spread them out. They st- they have less, and they don't start so early, and they have far less sickness in children than we do. We're doing something wrong. And that the fact that our government doesn't care to find out what, and they would just prefer to continue allowing our children to get sick, to die, to get chronic disorders and chronic disease. You know, we're not even talking about autism. Forget about that because, you know, they're always saying MMR does not cause autism. Vaccines do not cause autism. Well, I don't know because I don't think they've ever done, they've only done one study, uh, and it was for the MMR. They never did the study for the DTP or DTAP, which is what parents mostly complain about. The DTAP is the one where everyone's like, that's the one. My kid was never the same again afterwards. He stopped talking. He regressed. Uh, it's the DTAP, not the MMR. But they've never done that study for the DTAP.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and Everything I don't... should be
0: studied before they start injecting your kids with it. I, I, yeah. It blows my mind.
1: You think, but then they say their excuse for not doing the double-blind placebo studies is they say it's not. Um, what's the what's the word? Not ethical. <laughs> I'm like not ethical. It's not How ethical it... to give
0: people kids that is unknown without being tested. That's not ethical.
1: That's not ethical. So you know, it's I'm a real you, big problem. I'm telling
0: make your next book. Uh, follow the. I'm telling you, you are. They won't print seen... it on
1: Amazon. You can't. You cannot write a book anymore about vaccines unless it's pro-vaccine and pro-pharmaceutical and get it printed on Amazon. They took everything off. They they removed the. Have you seen the film Vaxed?
0: No, I have not.
1: Well, they I... removed it off Amazon, so you can't buy it there. But I think you can get is it. it is it a Netflix
0: thing? Would it would be. No, nope, no,
1: nope, they took it oh. off of all of those things. I think you have to go to their website now. Let me see. I think you can get it like from the website, and Del Bigtree was one of the, um, he was one of the producers of that, and that is a really interesting movie. It's a documentary based on you know the people who have had. Um, yeah, you have to go to the website and it's vaxed.com, that's vaxed with two x's.com. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about children who have been vaccine injured and a lot of them have received payments from the vaccine courts. So, these are documented cases of children who were injured by vaccine injury is real. Do not let people tell you that it doesn't exist. The, our government admits that it exists. They set up a whole court to pay people who get injured by these things. Wow. And to to take away your right to say no to a product that carries a risk is totally unconstitutional. It is against human rights. It's against the Nuremberg Codes, which says that experimenting on human subjects that do not consent is a crime against humanity. And these... These state legislators are just passing these bills and demanding that we vaccinate our kids with everything Merck says they have to have. That that doesn't mean that like you could say, well, okay, we're going to do the polio and then I'm going to wait three months and then I'm going to do I want just DTaP and we're going to wait another year before we do. You're not allowed to do any of that. You have to take all six shots when they tell you to take them. They give six at a time, eight at a time. There's never been a study to show that giving that many vaccines at once is safe.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I I just, you know, now I'm going to be paying a lot more attention when I go to the doctor with my kids. (laughs) Well,
1: you shouldn't. Listen, we have the right of information. you
0: You just take into consideration that. What is being done is proper. That the doctors have to follow an ethical code. That they would be the ones to question this. And here's the other thing: everybody's campaigning on more government control of healthcare. I don't want it from this. I don't want any. I don't want them tell, in charge of anything with my healthcare at all. I mean, they think about the, the 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 money behind it and the risk. It's unbelievable. And I appreciate you sharing that with with us. Um, do me a favor: tell everybody how to buy your book, follow you. You have a website set up for your book?
1: I do. It's believeevidencebook.com. And you can get it on Amazon, at Believe Evidence by Megan Fox. And you can follow me on PJ Media. I do write columns there regularly. And also I'm on Twitter for now until they ban me, at Megan Fox Writer.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so, you know, it, that's always There's always
0: a ban coming. You got to be careful nowadays.
1: I know, right? It's crazy. But hey, I, I would encourage your listeners to get on MeWe, um, which has been, you know, we've we migrated a big group of writers over to MeWe and to get off Facebook because of the censorship. And so far, so good. MeWe has not had much censorship problems. And Parlay is another Twitter alternative you could try. It is good to kind of branch out and be on multiple um, platforms.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm a so- big advocate for competition. I would love – because then competition would have to keep these other big major companies in check.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, I would like to remind uh, my followers also to go to my Facebook page at American Liberty Podcast. Like the page. Follow us. Uh, Also, subscribe to the show on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iTunes. Uh, The show is free. Just subscribe. And every time an episode comes, you will get notified. And I would like to thank my guest, Megan Fox, once again. What a great discussion. I really appreciate you taking out the time to t- listen. You, you just educated me on this whole vaccine thing. I mean, I did not expect when I was asking you about Albany that I would be this much more informed about vaccines. And I really appreciate it. And I hope all my listeners uh, look into this a little bit more.
1: Thanks a lot for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And I hope to have you on again sometime. Wonderful. All right. Thank you again. Thanks again, everybody who just tuned in to American Liberty. Megan Fox, writer, author of Believe Evidence, also works for PJ Media. Okay. She's a writer. PJ Media, she's online, she writes articles, definitely seems like a conservative, I would say she's a conservative, very informative, that vaccine discussion, scared the heck out of me, I'm going to look into that, so remember what she said, don't forget to subscribe to this show, Anchor, Spotify, Google Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iTunes, follow us on Facebook at American Liberty Podcast, like the page, stay up to date with all the episodes. Go to Instagram at American underscore Liberty underscore podcast and my Twitter handle at Kev Warmhold, K-E-V-W-A-R-M-H-O-L-D. Follow me on Twitter. And I also post all the episodes on there. If you don't want to subscribe, you'll get them on there. Thanks again for tuning in and uh, everybody stay free.